dulcet tones of Spartacus coming through my headphones here, Jay. <laughs> that means it's time to peel back the layers of the glass onion. One of my favorite things to do. It's always good to hang out with you, buddy. Yeah, ditto. Um, I if if you just if if you're listening to these in order in the last end of the last episode, Jay and I were talking about how I couldn't see anymore, so I went and got my eyes tested this week, Jay, yeah. and uh, yeah, bifocals, bud. I'm completely blind. Yeah. When it, welcome I can't to the club. Any, yeah, so it was great because Max Max Myers sister is my eye doctor and she says she goes it can just be our secret i won't tell anybody and i was like no 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 i'm going to tell everyone and so now everybody out here knows i'm 46 and now we're bifocals coming out of this pandemic speaking of coming out of this pandemic congratulations on being vaccinated jay yeah, thank you we're you both too. we're both fully vaccinated people which now it appears we can pretty much do anything. So it looks like the pandemic is ending here in America. So I'm going to start with a question. It's related. What do you think the top three most popular Beatles songs digitally are? Do you think you could name the top three? Um, wow, digitally. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to go with, yeah, or, with yeah, what go we're ahead. talking about today because mm -hmm. this seems very apropos of me <laughs> right now. Correct. Uh, maybe I want to hold your hand? Oh, no. Not even in the top five, surprisingly. Okay. Um, there, I'll, I'll give, the only hint I'll give you is the top three songs are, are from the later period of Beatles songs. Okay. Come together? The only early, that's number two. Okay. I have no idea on number three. Okay, number three is a Paul song. And there was a whole album and movie named after this song. We've discussed it on here, Let It Be. Oh, okay. All right. The number one streamed Beatles song. Wow. Any guesses as to what wow. we're talking about today? Wow. Is Here Comes the Sun by a huge margin, in fact. It's not even really that close. That, wow. that brings us, right? When, so I started thinking about it, Jay. I was like, when did this song become the Beatles song? Hey Jude's number five on this list. Number four is Yesterday. That's high. Right? <laughs> well, you, you, nah, 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 nah. Please see our Hey Jude episode to find out. That just kind of blew my mind, but I started thinking, Jay, there, there has been a shift in the request that we get for Yesterday and Today where this has probably become our most requested song. Whereas I think when we started, it was it was definitely Hey Jude or I Want to Hold Your Hand, mm -hmm. uh, Yellow Submarine, and In My Life, always been a big one. But Here Comes the Sun always kind of sat in that top five. But recently, and, and it probably is because of the way you sing it, buddy. I think that's probably the reason why. But also <laughs> George wrote this freaking awesome song. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's moved up and we get a ton of requests for it. People saying, this was my wedding song. This is my father-daughter dance song. Um, so this song has really gained momentum, especially in the past 10 years. When it became available digital, we'll talk about when it charted. This song still charts. It's so popular. Still comes in the billboard. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to charting. But wow. a lot, a lot of stuff to get uh, to unravel. And here comes the sun. One of the best Beatles songs uh, for very many reasons. Um, man, I'm just blown away. Uh, opening thoughts on this one for you, Jay. Um, I, you know, 
<laughs> it's so funny because this is a song that I've sort of taken for granted. Like yeah. I, I've, because I've just, we've played it so many times that I've sort of like just not, I've taken for granted its brilliance. And right. my thought today was, is this George Harrison's not only best Beatles song, but is this his best composition? And I know we we were pretty glowing with something that we've covered prior, um, yeah. but I I'm not sure that this isn't his best song ever. I, I'm not. I don't want to get emotional, but I mean, I I popped this in the headphones the other day, and I was walking through my neighborhood, as you know, I do. I mean, and I was brought to tears by this song. It was a beautiful day here. You know, you, you, people talking about being vaccinated and you can be around people again, which we talked about is, is a little difficult. And it just, it hit me in the right way. And I, I man, it is so uplifting. Mm-hmm. It's like a religious experience in some ways, which is perfect for George, which we'll talk about. Um, there are elements of this song that I, I've never thought about, like, and we'll talk about it in the question, but maybe this is the culmination of everything about George that we like. It's it's kind of a simple song, and that's what he was going for when he wrote it. Mm-hmm. But it also brings in the 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 world music, you know, the elements of those time changes that happen in the sun, 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 which is like a mantra that gets more intense. And when you listen to the recording, I mean, he purposely like opened the song up as it's going. Oh, yeah. Which will, that and it is brilliant. It yeah. is. It didn't start that way necessarily. When you listen to the, just the basic track for it, which is John Paul, I'm sorry, which is just Paul, George, and Ringo, it's kind of simple, and it's yeah. not really that anything special. But man, it just becomes this beautiful flat. And I think it's, it's perfectly canonized in love, um, mm-hmm. where it starts, oh, oh my God, it, it just, <laughs> I can't say enough, it feels warm, it feels great. It's Here Comes the Sun, and this is why this is the most popular digital Beatles song. Um, this song was written in uh, 1969, mm-hmm. in the spring of 69. Uh, in Beatleland, it was a very uncomfortable time for the Beatles. Alan Klein was their manager who had, was taking over all of their business dealings um, and, and really taking the Beatles to school. And so they always had to kind of be in signing things. We got a lot of songs out of this. You Never Give Me Your Money is about this time. Um, George one day decides, screw this. I don't, I don't want to do this. Goes over to Eric Clapton's house, inspired a lot of songs, by the way, his garden, and uh, grabs one of Eric's acoustic guitars and is walking around the garden and says, spontaneously, this song just came out. Yeah. He says it was, it was a great release to be in the sunshine. It was, it was a long winter. Uh, and it, he said it just came to him, which, man. So cool. Man. <clears throat> Good day to play hooky, George. Good day to play hooky. Great day. I mean, to capture all of that magic, he really, really did. Um, and, you know, when you take a look at his early songwriting, it doesn't, it doesn't come anywhere close to this. I mean, yeah, this guy don't goes bother to me India. To, to this. Right, I, right, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even his good early stuff is still not that, if I needed someone, is not in the same ballpark as Here Comes the Sun. Right. You know Both capoed I mean? on even, the seventh fret, by the way. And, right, in that A position, kind of related songs. Uh, so they, he writes the lyrics in Sardinia, also a very inspirational place, as Ringo wrote the lyrics to Octopus's Garden. We talked about that in oh, Sardinia. Yeah. yeah. 
So they go in the studio to record it. This is good stuff in here, Jay. Yeah. Uh, this is in July and August of 69, several sessions to get this song right. First of all, no John Lennon right. on this in any way. Uh, he was in the hospital. In, in, I'm sorry, he was in hospital. Sorry for our British fans out there. You don't put the the in front of hospital. It's a bit redundant, isn't it? He's in hospital uh, after a car crash with Yoko. <laughs> Sounded like so, Adele. That was very Adele. <laughs> in hospital, wasn't he? <laughs> he was in the hospital. Uh, Paul is on bass. He's on his Rickenbacker on this one. Ringo on drums. Uh, he does some overdubs. They play the uh, an initial track on this first day with mm -hmm. George on acoustic. His, uh, he's playing his Gibson J... 200. 200 J right there. That, uh, is that, that's the one we see in Let It Be, right? Yeah, it's, the, yeah. it's, it's a large, it's a large bodied acoustic. Yeah, it's cool. And man, it, it does sound really great in this song. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we talk, we've talked about how great Abbey Road sounds, but I mean, the acoustic sounds on this record are intensely good. Yeah. Right, they they lay down this initial track. Uh, uh, Glenn Johns comes in and <laughs> produces a session of hand claps, which we know are very tough. Did you find that in your? Well, I uh, saw he produced. There? He was he was listed as a co-producer, and I wondered what session. So he produced. <laughs> that was the session he produced, which we cool. know from firsthand experience, it is quite difficult to do that hand clap part. <laughs> Uh, when you hear the initial uh, recording, which was released on the, the remastered Abbey Road, when you hear the rhythm track, that sun, sun, sun part is really cool. And Ringo comes out of it a different way. He starts playing straight through near the end where all the fills come in that he overdubs. He's playing straight through that, and I don't think they took that off. I think it's still kind of buried in there. Uh, George comes in at another time and uh, lays down some uh, Leslie Telly. I believe he's playing his telly through that. Did Probably you find that in there. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. There's definitely there's a solo too, right? There's a hidden solo. I was going to put that in the deep dive, but let's talk about it now. When they were putting love together, or they were doing, maybe they were, when they were doing the remasters in 2019. No, it was love. I take it back because there's video of George Martin there. Uh, Giles and uh, George's son Donnie are showing. George Martin, what they've uncovered, and there's this blistering solo that George plays on the Sun 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 part. It's you know what I have it on my phone here. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was actually you, in you, you uh, living for a second. living in the material world that Scorsese uh, documentary. That's what it was. That's, it was a it was a bonus uh, in that DVD. But yeah, so let's see. So what we have happening here is Donnie Harrison with George Martin and and uh, Giles Martin sitting there, and here it comes. First of all, George's voice is perfect. Here we go. Listen for the guitar here. There it is. Here it comes. You really hear it here. Oh, 
oh, there's more great Beatles stuff on the cutting room floor. Oh, that's so tasty in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's from their Twitter that they put out just today, in fact, as we were talking about it. Okay, now talk to me. We've talked a little bit about the Moog, Jay. Right. But they really, this is kind of like, almost like the sun recordings of that instrument. I mean, this is really, this album is kind of like, not the first big Moog record, but I mean, it's it's very important part of this album, and especially in this song. When you hear it without the elements that this Moog brings, it's missing a huge part. But at this point, the Moog is not like a little keyboard. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's They say it's installed in Abbey Road. It's so big. It didn't come with an instruction manual. It's sent over from L.A., from what I understand, and they're really just like, plugging stuff into it to try to figure out what the best sound is, right, at this point. Totally. I mean, the the, the early synthesizers were like the old-fashioned operator that, you know, you'd have to plug in, you know, connect. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to put you on hold. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> you know, I'm going to connect Billy to Jay via this. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's how those things worked. And they were, like, I can't imagine what that was like. Um, and George talks about how how very simple the sounds were, but like to 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 get sound out of them was was kind of like completely experimental at totally, best. Right? Totally, they had no they, like. Imagine this. You can go online and look at it. I mean, it's massive. Right. Yeah. And nobody. And really, like you said, it's plugging things in and out and. <laughs> So it's it's as experimental to me as Tomorrow Never Knows was with the tape loops. This is just like the modern version of the tape loops, except George on this song, like what the strings do, of course, is fantastic. But he's playing it like a ribbon, as I'm finding out. Yeah. Right. Like so, he's like relatively trying to find the pitch, but it kind of makes it sound like world music. It's kind of Indian music sounding. Which people would have not heard this before. I mean, now we can frame it and say, "Oh, well, this is a Moog synthesizer." That, but at that time, hearing this for the first time, you had to be like, "What is that?" Right? Yeah, it's interesting. Alan Parsons. You know, anytime I can bring up Alan Parsons. Hold on. The Alan Parsons Project. Thank you. (laughs) You do it so much better than I do. He he talked about how like when they were record when George was recording that Moog part, which that's all George. And my right. God, it is it is such a musical part from from the minute it comes in till the end. I mean, it is just it's it's glorious. It is like it's a piece of classical music. It's so beautifully Correct. done. Um, but so you know to to Beatlefy it, man, that's a Horrible word. But anyway, um, so <laughs> I'm writing that down. Beetlefy. So, so they would they um, rather than ADT it, they put a flange of tape around the tape head to detune it. And and Parsons talks about how he just hated it at the time. He still hates yeah. the sound, but it's part of that weird sort of beetly thing that we just take for granted. But I mean. There was no button. There was no computer that they did to do that. They had to create that stuff. Right. Like nobody had done it before them. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's or, so or cool. George to have this idea that hey, let it open as as the song keeps going, let let the sound expand. Let the the little you know. Yeah. I mean, and it does. You can hear it really open up, and it's like it's so 
brilliant because musically that's happening. That uncomfort. I mean, we'll get into that. But the, the dun 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 dun. dun well, I mean, sun, that, it's the I, sun rising. It's like the, the sun rising, yeah. man, and it's. Yeah. Oh, but the Beatles are just, you know, I mean, they were like this <laughs> decent group. And then, okay, all right. So, yeah, they didn't sample anything. They made it up on their own. All right. <laughs> this is truly the brilliance, though, Jay. I mean, that's kind of what I took away from this. George, again, Paul just played bass and sang on it. Yeah, and, and, and Paul and wanted— And Ringo just played— Go ahead. No, Paul wanted—Paul had some tape loops that he brought to George, and George told him no, which— Never would have that happened. That would have never this. happened before. Which no. is like George is like, hey, have you heard this song? And George was like, no, right. it, it's it's good the way it is. <laughs> Which could have yes. been like a little callback to I don't want him to giggle in the solo and hey Judy. He's like, you know what, pal, Hari Krishna, but f you. <laughs> All right. I think, and from what I from just watching that uh, Material World uh, George documentary that you were talking about. He, that's kind of how he became from this point on for the rest of his life. Like, I'm a Beatle, I did it. Krishna, <laughs> F you. Uh, anything else to add, add to the, uh, the recording of this song? Uh, well, they started on Ringo's yeah. 29th birthday. That was the first session. Wow. He was 29 that day. So Ringo's the oldest Beatle. So let's think about that. <sighs> They're at, I mean, George is what, 26 at that point? Yeah, he's three years younger than Ringo. Yeah, twenty six years 26 old. Twenty six, and song. you're working on Abbey Road, having come from where you came seven. No, six right. years when you were ago. a teenager. Yeah, when you were a teen. Yeah. Okay. Insane. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Seventeen piece orchestra: four violas, four cellos, double bass, two piccolos, two flutes, two. Can't read my writing. Alto flutes <laughs> and a. George Uncredited, Martin. by the way. Uncredited. We don't know who played yeah. on it. George Martin arrangement. Uh, I'll keep going on recording stuff. Double Please. tracked acoustic, along with some ADT. You mentioned Ringo does his does some overdubbed fills on the drums. Leslie electric guitar. At mix down, we speed the song up ever so slightly. So it's a little does bit, make a difference. Yeah, a little bit faster, a little bit shorter. That would be the reason you can't play along with the record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all kinds of weird um, <clears throat> time signatures. Depending yeah. on how you count it, we got eleven eight or six yep. eight and five eight, um, seven eight two four four four. I love it. It's so great. That bridge part's the best part. Ah, I love it so, so much. It's so cool. So cool. Yeah, recorded an eight-track. Um, George and Paul double-tracked the background vocals. Um, and you can really hear those for reference in the love version. It starts with them going, Sun, sun, sun. Yeah. Sun, sun, sun. And they hold the ah, and it's wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. those two together are... Yeah, there's some great pictures that have surfaced recently of those yeah. two singing, and it's probably from this session. It's it's great. So. It's great, man. It warms this. This song is a great one. We're not, you're not going to get us bashing this. All right, let's talk about the chart success of this song, which is really interesting. It was not released as a single. Obviously, right. it was right. just on the record. Something was the big hit off of Abbey Road. However, in Japan, there was a single. It was a B side to Oh Darling. 
How hot is that? Wow. Oh, okay. darling, with Here Comes the Sun as a B-side. Well done. That Japanese import, I want some of that. Okay, here we go. When, in, I think it was, I'm not sure what year things were released digitally, but when they became digital, this song got a lot of love. In 2017, it was number 14 on the charts, the Billboard Top 100. As close as 2019, when they take in Spotify listens and downloads and add that to it, it was a number three U.S. Billboard chart. In 2019, this song was a number three hit still. Uh, as I mentioned before, it's the most popular Beatles song on Spotify. George did play this song live, concert from Bangladesh, the Japan concert. He played it all through his tour in the 70s where he lost his voice. Uh, Joe Brown covered the song in the concert for George. Rolling Stone ranks it as their number 28 best Beatles song. Uh, great covers of this song. Uh, the Nina Simone version is exquisite, but yeah, the Richie Havens... I need to listen to that. I haven't listened to that. That Richie Havens version is the quintessential cover of this song if he did it at Woodstock and yeah. there's I think I think his version of it was a number 14 hit. Uh, it was also covered by a British group that made it a hit over there but they know more about that than we do. All right. Here's my big question for you Jay. Okay. We have Love You Too, The Inner Light Within You Without You and I'm going to consider this because of the time changes and the the theme of the song and the mantra mantra that happens throughout that this is also one of Jay's, I'm sorry, George's heavily in Indian influenced songs. This one just doesn't have the sitar to me. You know what I mean? Okay. I think okay. he substitute substitutes the moog for the sitar. So if we look at it that way, is this the best version of George's intake of Indian music? Meaning it's the best pop song that he wrote with that much influence on it. I mean, Within You, Without You, it's a, it's a great song. It's not like a releasable pop song necessarily. This one is, and it has that great influence of the Indian music, and, and it's just a hugely popular song. I don't know. I just think this might be the best version of George's influence of that. That's, uh, that's, that's really interesting. I had never thought about that. Be, but certainly, I mean, if you... If you Put it in that context of of taking the moog and sort of replacing the sitar with that, which right. and the time signatures. I mean, yeah, definitely. It's it's uh, it's such a great song, and so it, it's an it incredible is, Beatles song. It's yeah. not just an incredible. But you asked it earlier. I think it's by far the best George song. I mean, something is. It's like a great soul song. I think here comes the sun is. I mean, it's just, they, something that I read, they put it as this is George's version of Imagine and, and Let It Be. It's like up there. And I say, absolutely it is. I mean, those also have taken on religious connotations for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, and this one captures that maybe even because they, he doesn't mention it in any way. You know what I mean? It's the feeling of what religion is like to people and that mantra of here comes the sun, which could be God, replaced that with that. And that's George's theme throughout the rest of his career. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really, it's a very touching and great song. I'm just blown away by it. Yeah. And we played it a million times, a million times. Totally, oh. yeah. All right, so <laughs> we peel back one of my favorite parts of The Onion, which is the, the deep dive. We talked about the guitar solo, which I think, man, that's so cool to uncover. Such a great thing. Uh, this is the last time that all four Beatles were in a recording studio together, was yeah, mixing this the song. Mix, at the mix down. At the final mix. So perfect, right? I mean, their timing 
<clears throat> Just perfect, Jay. Anything else you found deep down? Uh, a couple of things that you might be interested Please. in. Uh, John thought that this, this reminded John of a Buddy Holly song. Really? Yeah, he said that in an interview, that this, this Here Comes the Sun reminds me of a Buddy Holly song. I'd be curious to know which one. Yeah, I wonder which one he's thinking of. Maybe every day. I wonder. It kind of has that that happy little feel to yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's kind of yeah. where I went too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. Oh, man. You replace Ringo with some. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know we've 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 done a fair amount of songs on Abbey Road, and I don't know if we've talked about this, but I just want to touch on the album real quick, please. Uh, first of all, albums. Uh, you know, you had to get up and turn the side. Right. So initially, you know, you would end with, I want you, she's so heavy, with, with that ending. Right. And then you would have to get up and flip the side, here comes the sun. So I think that's an interesting thing to consider, what that used to be as opposed to what you have now when it just goes to the next song. And, yeah. and I know there's people who've complained, like, it needs to have, the CD needs more space, back when there were C CDs. Right. The CD needs right. to have more space between the two songs, the end of I Want You and end of Here Comes the Sun. I thought that was really interesting. Because it is very abrupt on CD. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Right, right. Uh, and in my deep dive, I found that initially it was the opening song of the album. Right, they'd flip sides. Yeah. They flip sides on it. And I mean, I don't, I mean, it obviously come together into the medley would be kind of badass, but come together is the perfect open for this album. But Here Comes the Sun would have, would have done just as well. Right. Right? I yeah. mean, it's, an, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think One of, that the end, I, yeah, I, I don't know how you don't end with the end. Right. I'm almost a little miffed that the Her Majesty does come in there because when I was like a little kid, you'd always say, last line, last song, last Beatles album, man. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. And it's like, but it isn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's not, right? It's a Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot They're brilliant, man. They are brilliant. I, I have a weird thing for you. Uh, <laughs> some, somebody on one of the Beatles threads I was looking through looked up the meteorological survey. That's a hard word to say at 11.30 <laughs> in the morning. A meteorological <laughs> survey of, of the weather in Britain in 68, 69. Okay. Okay, <laughs> the weather was incredibly shitty that winter, and it was longer than it typically went. It was not good, but when the spring came, it was the the most sunshine that the UK had had in all of the sixties. No way. So, and that's what uh, equals the long, cold, lonely winter. It actually was, <laughs> and the spring was the sunniest. And man, did he capture that! Yeah. Clapton loves that his garden inspired so many songs. Oh, God, totally, totally. <laughs> because, damn, there's a video of this song. Have you seen that out there? The new one? The new video. Yeah, I just watched that this morning. It's so cool. Yeah, with those Linda McCartney photos going through of them recording. You got to check that out. Uh, the day after George died, uh, fans gathered in Strawberry Fields in, in New York City and sang this song. Uh, that's important to note. Carl Sagan wanted to include this song on his albums that went out on the Voyager, oh, but EMI, yeah. <laughs> EMI uh, 
said, sure, for $50,000 a record, which there were two of them, so for a hundred grand you could, the entire budget was 18 grand, and Carl Sagan said, no, thank you. Can't do it. Uh, that was what I had on my deep dive. Do you have anything else to add, bud? Yeah, I got anything I got a, I got out a there, lay it things. on me. Um, Can't wait. I love the John thing. Revolution in the head. Did you read Ian McDonald's thing on it? He, he does not like the song. Let's just he say sure that. He doesn't. He made me look up a French word today. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to. I didn't get to that. But what does that mean, <laughs> that French word? At the end, right? It's right it at the means, end of the thing. It means to purposely make something simple or make something seem simple that is not. Yeah, yeah. So Which I, I thought about that. All that. He was, yeah, he didn't love this song. And he gave it just like the briefest mention. I'm like, <laughs> Everything Wait, else you has Revolution pages. Nine, like fifty pages in that book. <laughs> but no, here comes the sun, <laughs> barely cracks the. I also use this book, Jay. The uh, The Beatles, A Hard Day's Right. I just like this book. It gives like really simplified thing. It's longer <laughs> in this book than it is in the, our Revolution in the Head. Yeah, crazy. On this crazy. one, um, George had the Moog made for him. And wow. Uh, We've been to we've been by, to Asheville by, by Moog by yeah. the guy by yeah. Moog yeah by Bob we've been to Asheville North Carolina which is where the Moog factory is now actually we've driven by it several times it, it's a beautiful town one oh, of our gosh, favorites I love I love Can't, Asheville only been there once but want to go back y'all totally totally um, George sings he uh, it seals like years. He combines seams and feels seams and in feels. the third it verse. Seems like he's, seems he's with me. And this is my favorite one for you. Abbey Road, okay. uh, possible titles for the album before it became Abbey Road were Milk Bottle, Everest, which were. I, I knew the Everest Jeff when I've never heard Milk Bottle. Uh, and Cigarettes. my favorite. Siggies. Yeah, his Siggies. My favorite, Billy's Left Foot. Let me write that down. Yeah. That's After all I got Billy my Preston, deep. of course, that's got to be over his sweet left foot tapping. Billy's left foot. Uh, I think that's the name of my next record. <laughs> Let's talk about playing this song live, Jay. Um, the, man, this one is... It's my favorite to play. It's really? My, it, it has been, for about the past five or six years, um, you sing it and play it Amazingly well. I'm going to give you your kudos. Oh, I mean, goodness, it's, thank it you. sounds the acoustic is perfect. Your voice sounds perfect. Um, I get to play the Moog part, which is really hard to play because again, I don't really read music. But when Beatles Rock Band came out, they separated everything, uh, so I actually have the Moog part and try to match as close as I can what you gave me there. I, I've gotten to be pretty good. I can play it like 99%, which I'm I'm happy with. Uh, Tara does the string parts on the keys. The drums are always that's the best part coming out of the coming out of the bridge the tension that's built in that yeah that Ring, seventh Ringo's chord. playing is just phenomenal on this song some of his best drumming for sure yeah i mean he he's negotiating it like it's not 4/4 four, four. i mean he's no, negotiating I mean, like you some said, stuff when you were reading that earlier, somebody said, or it could be 11, 8 plus 15 over 8 in the bridge. It's like people don't even know how to necessarily count it. It's so out of left field. Yeah, I mean, there's right? there are several different ways you can count it. Um, 
and it, it's amazing. And and and, uh, and we've probably done all the different ways you can count it. <laughs> I, I, just, I remember well, one time our cue was, "Hey, when Rick's hand is at the top of the keyboard, that's the last one." <laughs> <laughs> it's a blast to play live, uh, man. My brother Matthew plays the great bass line. Again, it's not the most difficult McCartney bass line. It's just tasty and perfect. Oh, it's and so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was listening to that this morning too. I'm like, damn. I just love it. It, it. If you're playing it live, if you have somebody playing it up in the seventh fret, you know, with the capo, it does sound good with somebody just playing it straight. On the I used to do that kind of underneath you before I switched to keyboard. I think Ryan oh, wow. kind of does okay. that now. It does kind of build out the sound a little bit if you're doing it, and you got to make sure you can sing that sun, sun, sun part. Yeah, because if it doesn't sound right, it sounds the harmonies are awesome. Yeah, awesome in that song. So love playing this live. It is difficult to do. It's supposed to. Be, it has implied simplicity, but it is not simple. No. in any way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna crack the. Waterloo here, but it's time to rate this song, Jay. And yeah. This this one's brought to you by Billy's Left Foot. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, I I love doing this with you, Billy, because I always learn something that I didn't know before I started. And we are Beatle I, nerds. Totally, totally. Before he goes into that, I mean, we eat, I mean, this is why we do this, because this otherwise this knowledge is just kicking in our head. And we got to get it out there, but we've we've extensively done this song. I didn't even really mention it. We this was one of the songs we did for the Beatle class at University of Nebraska Omaha. So we are very familiar. Like we tried to play it note for note. It's out there on YouTube, as I mentioned. But I still learned new stuff about it for this show. Yeah, so totally. It is. It's awesome. So I didn't mean to interrupt. It's we are so familiar with this and to uncover this new stuff. Love it. The yeah. Buddy Holly part. Yeah, yeah, that's Love cool. That. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 but I think because of, like, I I didn't realize it was their most downloaded, streamed song. that, And that shouldn't change this, but I was going to go pretty high, but I'm going 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, half because... Because we get to play it a lot, and so I under, I see what it does to people, and I I know why people like it because I read their reasons. Um, it is very special to people. It it ah, it is an inspiring song. Whereas something really does capture love. There's something about that feeling of I don't know coming out of something that I think we can all relate to now that this song for sure captures. Yeah, and they were totally. they were coming the you know. George was probably coming to the realization the Beatles are He did just leave the Beatles, like in this time frame, in that 68, 68. I mean, he quit the Beatles. He he was busted for pot. He had stopped using drugs. You know, he was changing. He was evolving and he was leaving that behind. And that's what he's talking to you about. He understands what religion meant to him. And this is kind of taking him to the next part of his life. So, you know, we've all gone through a really shitty time this past year. Give this song a listen. And listen to it in that way. Like, let it inspire you because it is a great one. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a fan that that picked this song, and I I won't read the personal thing that she sent, but man, I I hope this touched you the way that your message touched us. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Just awesome. So sweet. So to 2020 and into 2021, here comes the sun, everybody, and I say. 
It's all right. That was looking through the glass onion, baby. We'll see you next time. Jay, do you have any thoughts on what we might do next time? Have you thought ahead? Yeah. Uh, let's do free as a bird. Oh my God! Yes. All right. I love it. I don't even need to do. You want to just do it right now? You just want to go right into it. <laughs> I know nothing about this, so so this is you're gonna, gonna be love fun. what you uncover. Yeah. You are gonna love what you uncover. I. I dig everything about this song, and I know some people don't like it, so I'm gonna do my best to make you like this one. So, from myself, Billy McGuigan, again, out there on, you know, I'm on all the stuff, so give us a look. Especially on Spotify, if you give us a look, we have a playlist there, Looking Through the Glass Onion playlist. Jay Hansen's out there, but you gotta find it. We like it like that. So, be well out there, friends. Until next time, we're gonna be free as a bird. That's a little air slide for you guys. (laughs) Until next time, we're looking through the glass onion.